This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we're going to be talking marketing and some very specific things to be doing in your marketing. And so we're going to have so much fun with this because I love getting back to my roots and talking marketing. And so please join me today in welcoming our guest, Todd Earwood, to our program. Welcome, Todd. Deb, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we really are going to have a great time, but let me tell people a little bit about you before we get started. So Todd Earwood is the founder and CEO of MoneyPath, where his team helps to build growth campaigns marrying the efforts of sales and marketing for their clients. Todd believes webinars are the most powerful and most overlooked marketing campaign. After helping his private clients produce webinars in over a dozen industries, he was encouraged by the folks at HubSpot and GoToWebinar to help others and share his webinar formula. As such, he has turned all of those successes into a webinar training program called Webinar Works. He's here to share his perspective on marketing, arguing that we should get back to the basics of true ROI-focused marketing to drive sales. So again, Todd, welcome to our show. Great. So glad to be here. We're going to have fun. We are. Well, let's, let's really go back to basics just for a minute and tell us how you got into doing this, because I always love learning a little bit about our guests. Well, I tell you, my, my background is, um, although I studied marketing <clears throat> in undergraduate, my background, I, I got kind of thrown into and maybe I jumped into technology and couldn't really escape it once I got in mm-hmm. and, and didn't want to. But I'd worked for, you know, for, you know, I started my career by, I had targeted a specific company I wanted to work for. The CEO graduated from the same small university I attended. Mm-hmm. And so I called him for 43 straight days <laughs> until he finally relented, gave me, he said, I would have 15 minute interview. I got 90 minutes. Next thing you know, I've got a job and then I'm running a department and I'm a child at the time. Really, I'm, I was highly unqualified, but that threw me into technology because I was running the web division, kept telling people like, Hey, this web thing might take off. And this is 1999. Mm-hmm. And, and they, I was not, I was mainly the only believer in all those meetings who thought that. So, um, I came out of that marketing side, helping this big, big company figure out the internet. And then I started building software companies and we, we were able to have some successes there. We sold one to HubSpot ages ago. Um, and, but they've always been marketing software companies. Mm-hmm. So I've always been attuned to marketing, Deb. Um, but after this last company, I had investors and I'd make kind of my thank you tour to all those and having individual meetings to say thank you. And one of the investors said, what are you going to do next? And to me, that was a silly question because, of course, I was going to build software or something technology-based. Right. Uh, and uh, this person said, you know, Todd, I don't think your best skill is building software, which was, Deb, let me tell you, highly offensive. Right. You um, were like, uh. <laughs> That's my thing. Like, right. that's only the last they just said you know, your baby years was of my life. <laughs> right. He did. And so I didn't take that too kindly, but he said, Todd, all that crazy stuff you were doing with marrying marketing and sales together, mm-hmm. I don't think people know how to do that very well because marketing and sales are like oil and water. Right. And you figured out how to put them together. Would you help some of the other companies that I've invested in? Because I can think of one today mm-hmm. that really needs your help. And Deb, I was super reluctant. But um, he gave me one client, and that client, that was a little over five years ago, and we've helped them grow from $4 million in revenue to $24 million in revenue without taking on new investment, and we really have scaled up their marketing and sales efforts. So as such, Money Path was born, mm-hmm. and now we're helping people, as we say, clear the path to purchase. Right. You know, and, and I love the fact that you talk about marrying marketing and sales. Because very often, they are two totally different silos in a company. 
you know, that they, they, they don't talk to each other. They fight sometimes, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's only X number of dollars and we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Uh, frequently, if money gets cut, it's cut from one or the other. And I say that having been in a large, large corporation where we never met with the salespeople and I was in the, the marketing communications department and, you know, it, we'd see each other in the elevator and it was like, you know, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> you know, this type of, oh my gosh, we can't talk to these people type of things. And then of course we always have the people who go, sales, I can't do sales, ew, sales is icky. And, you know, and, and so I've had some great people on the program who have talked about the fact that sales is not a dirty word, but we really do have to, to merge the two together. And so you've got, you've got some great information on that, um, you know, and, and, and I, I just love talking about it because sales isn't a dirty word, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, and, and we have such a, you know, an, an impression of it as being ick, but those who know how to do it and really make it, and you know, sales and marketing definitely go hand in hand, um, you know, you can't have one without the other and, you know, people absolutely have to understand that. I agree. Like I, I didn't. <clears throat> Although I will say I didn't, I came to that conclusion probably slower or maybe as slow as others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I started building my first software company, I realized, although people would think of being outgoing, I, I would understand sales, but I think there's a real skill set to it. Mm-hmm. I think there's, yes, you need to be obviously <clears throat> agreeable and a people person and all those things. But the reality is you also need that there are, there's a real skill and training that goes into really high leverage sales organizations. Mm-hmm. And so I gave a percentage of my company, my software company to a sales coach because mm. I couldn't afford him. Mm-hmm. And so I said, look, you can have a cut of my company. He said, all right, but I can only train you uh, when my kids go to sleep. Huh. And so mm-hmm. I will call you at 9 p.m., on oh. Tuesday and Thursday, and we'll talk for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Deb, we did that for 18 months. Wow. And then <laughs> he did this like karate kid, Mr. Miyagi thing where he kind of bowed to me mm-hmm. in the 18th month and said, okay, you're ready. Yes. And that was it. <laughs> and that's it. But like, I, once I got that mindset out of my, again, got that mindset away from me, which was, oh, sales is sleazy. I don't want to be in sales. And started realizing like, no, sales is helping people. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it in a professional, ethical way, it's really about helping people solve problems right. and asking a lot of questions to help figure out what, where those pain points are to see if you can help. Mm-hmm. And that married with my marketing background just really stuck with me. And now I believe we can live together in the same place with mm-hmm. marketing and sales. And if we do a couple things right... I actually think a campaign like a webinar is what brings us together. Right. Well, let's talk more about this because we really do want to delve into the webinar. Um, you know, we've we probably all participated in a webinar or, you know, we at least know what they are. You know, it obviously depends on, on your industry and things like that. But, you know, and I used to give webinars and then mm-hmm. I kind of stopped giving webinars and, you know, and, and all these various things. And, you know, so so why do you think webinars are a, a critical part of what we need to be doing? I think there are a lot of very bad webinars. I think there are. Oh, maybe that's the problem. Right? I mean, I think we, we are, many of us who've sat through them, because, you know, it used to be, we, we just called them, I'm going to get on a WebEx. Yes. Right, and then a WebEx extended from a meeting into a webinar, and then all mm-hmm. those things. And and go to webinar used to be, you know, clunky. And but at the same time, like it, when I started digging into it, I, I realized it's powerful because it's a very high intent, high engagement lead source. Mm-hmm. So where else can you get other than your show, Deb? Where else can you get someone to sit down? for 30 to 60 minutes and give at least most of their attention, although the modern tools today track exactly how much attention you're Mm -hmm. getting. And where else can you get that attention? And if you're doing the marketing side right, you're educating and helping that person. You're not selling. Mm -hmm. But the sales folks I kept seeing over and over would value that high intent lead of someone who'd spent that much time learning from from their company. And suddenly... 
it started to bring down the barriers instead of like, oh, this person commented us on Twitter or LinkedIn and the sales reps rightfully don't always want to follow up with those. Mm -hmm. But the webinar leads, they knew that was high intent and high engagement. And that made me go, frankly, further down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you brought something up and I think this might be why we think, Ick. it's because we have done the bad webinars, you know, where <laughs> heaven forbid we've paid money and, uh. and things go wrong. You know, I, I did one one time where the person kept saying, oh, I can't get my slides to work. And, you know, and it was not an inexpensive. I mean, you know, there's $10 webinars and there's $100 webinars and, you know, mm -hmm. depending on your content, things that are even more. But, you know, and, and she didn't speak well. She didn't have Oof. good equipment. You know, she, she was trying to use the microphone that came with her computer. So she was off in this drum somewhere. And so not only did I not get good content, I got a horrible impression of her, which mm. meant it didn't matter. And, and I actually, I still remember who this was clearly, you know, but never mentioned. <laughs> um, but I yep. would never work with her based on that. And this happened years ago, you know, but it was like, really, um, you know, and, and so, and I think that is, you know, a big portion of why we think, oh my God, I don't want to do webinars is we have seen the horrible, awful ones. We sure have. And, and I think the other thing that happened is not only have we experienced the boring, you know, monotone voice and there's no video, it's just a human voice coming through and it's just so bad. Mm -hmm. We've also experienced that people like, you know, humans do interesting things. And so then the sleazy folks figured out that, hey, I can convert off of a webinar right. if I get you to engage and I might even fake that it's live when it's really recorded and mm -hmm. I'll fabricate. Now then people swoop in because there's money and they build software that allows you to fake a webinar mm -hmm. as if it were live. And much like you're speaking to, I remember specifically, it was seven years ago, I was attending a webinar that had been marketed as a live webinar mm -hmm. and it was not. Mm -hmm. And this is a well-known marketing brand, mm -hmm. uh, software company. And I remember, Deb, that I sat through the webinar and over a Labor Day weekend, they ran a Labor Day weekend webinar, which I thought was odd, but now I will tell you is actually pretty smart. People mm -hmm. will attend webinars on holidays, strangely. They don't have I, anything else to do a lot of times. Yeah, or avoid family, one of the two. Uh, but I think, I think that's right. But I, I, I remember this webinar and specifically, Deb, he told a very specific and very memorable story about his grandmother, about how she baked this bread and it was a family tradition. And I, it was stuck in my brain mm -hmm. and he had a unique name. So Deb, imagine fast forwarding 18 months later, I'm at that company's, I ended up buying their software. Mm -hmm. I'm at that company's user conference and lo and behold, I'm in a room and I see the person who has that name tag of that unique name. And I came cool. up to him and I said, hey, by the way, you did a great job on that webinar. I can't believe they made you work on Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. Like there were 120 of us, you said. I can't believe there were that many attendees. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no. said, well, it's, it's been 18 months ago. I, I can imagine. Right. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's been a while. But you specifically, you're the one who said about your grandmother's bread. And he looked stunned at me and he said, oh, you thought that was live. Oh. <laughs> and I said, no, I didn't think it was live. Your company actually marketed it as live. Mm -hmm. He's like, ah, yeah, but we use that software. And I said, no, like you were doing the gimmick, man. Like you were doing that thing where you're like, you know, Francine from Sarasota asked this question. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Was that fake? And he essentially ended the conversation. Oh, because yeah, he's thinking, uh-oh, I've screwed up. Right. He, and, they, and he did. He was caught. And mm -hmm. so I think, Deb, when you take to get, you know, you combine this is not new technology, and as marketers and as business people, we all get sucked into the shiny, you know, new object syndrome. Mm -hmm. And you've got people who've now taken it and twisted it in a way where it's fake or it's, you know, not, it's fabricating the authenticity of a live versus a recorded webinar. Mm -hmm. And I think those two things have made us overlook it to the point that when you see what new, what the new ways people are doing webinars, it's actually one of the, if not the most overlooked marketing campaign there is. 
So let's delve more into that because, you know, like I said, I used to do webinars and I went, mm-hmm. and part of, I didn't see a response, you know, and, and right. okay, that probably meant, you know, I'm smart enough to figure this out. I didn't do it right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and all these various things. So first, you know, let's, let's go real basic. Why do we want to add webinars back in as a marketing tool or start if we never have done them? Right. So if you haven't done it, um, I think the reason to consider it is, again, it does marry the high intent lead for sales. If you want your marketing team and your sales team, or maybe if you're a smaller team, you just want to drive more leads, maybe through the funnel. Mm-hmm. I think that is really important. But I think the other reason you've got to start considering it is in a world where you're really vying for attention from a marketing channel perspective, in a world where you don't control how long Facebook will leave up your post or Twitter. And, you, and, and it's so hard to tie that down to ROI. I think webinars, the technology is now so advanced that you can literally say, well, Deb attended my webinar, but she was only 68% engaged because she was going to her Outlook and ch- checking her email nonstop. And it will mm-hmm. literally tell you, not if you're on Outlook, but it'll tell you if your primary screen was the webinar tool. Oh. And so, Measure. It won't say what you were doing, but most of us can't avoid Mm -hmm. the internet. It's right there, and we have everything right in front of us. So it will say, "Well, what was the level of intent?" It will gauge that. Mm -hmm. More importantly, you're again, you're getting a chance to educate. And if you buy into the idea that education and content marketing are important Mm -hmm. for getting, you know, pushing prospects through your funnel process to purchase then webinars, because of the technology and because of some methods we've created, can actually facilitate that in a way better than I don't think can be matched by other channels today. Right. You know, so it's a, that attention, right? I, that attention's right. got to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if, if, and how many times have we done that where, you know, where we've got the webinar on and so we're kind of listening with, you know, half an <laughs> ear and, right. you know, I mean, I, I could easily be playing solitaire. I could be checking Facebook because, right. you know, the world might end if I don't do that. You know, and, and so I love the fact that you can track that because then as the person giving the webinar, you can, now can you see, oh, well, here at about 15 minutes, I really started to lose people. So what was I talking about then? I mean, is it that savvy with the, this new technology? Yes, it, it's wow. that savvy. And and th- to, to be clear, this is not, I would say, there are certain tools that are very big brotherish. Mm-hmm. I actually don't find the webinar tool to be, again, I can't tell what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It can just say, was the person's primary screen? The webinar. The webinar tool. Okay. Or was it something else? Mm-hmm. And that's what a key measurement that the modern webinar tools are using today is to say, if your primary screen is the webinar tool, then you're engaged. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they reward further if you if you fill out a poll, if you mm-hmm. ask questions. So we've been doing a lot of engagement methods on that side. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a massive part of tracking to be able to say, not only did this person, Deb, stay 15, way past 15 minutes, she 75 plus percent of the time, her primary, and they're, get, and they're scoring this for you. You don't have to get into the weeds and like, mm-hmm look into this. They're giving you the the averages and just showing you very quickly what this looks like. And I think that tracking enables someone to get the confidence to, okay, that's a new measurement of, is it quote unquote working? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It it does. You know, and and I love that because I, for me, that always was the hardest part of doing a webinar. It's, you know, is anybody there? Is anybody listening? (laughs) Are they paying attention? And I, and and part of that really was one of the, the reasons why I didn't like doing a webinar. You know, I'm sitting here talking to myself is, is in essence what's going on. And one of the things that I did, I, I have stuffed animals and like little Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. And they are in front of my screen when I'm doing a webinar. So I'm talking to someone. <laughs> sure. But I mean, yeah. how many times have we wanted to go, hello? Is there <laughs> anyone there? And because you, you really are, you're wondering... Is anybody paying attention? Have they, you know, granted, you might still be able to tell that, you know, 10 people, 100 people, however many people are still logged in. 
as as you're doing it, you know, but you don't know. Are they really paying attention? Um, you know, and and you know, and, and so it, to me, that really was that was one of the hardest things about doing webinars. It's like, am I just am I literally just talking to myself? I, I can totally understand why. I, I I think there's a real break from a presenting standpoint. If you're in front of an audience. Right. And, and, and you're at a conference. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to gauge feedback as anyone is, is, is anyone paying attention? Mm-hmm. So when we got into this, we started realizing we're going to have to take control of our engagement strategy. We can't just I mean, we can't just turn on a PowerPoint, and hope it works. Many folks would argue that they're sick of PowerPoints. PowerPoints right. could arguably be one of the most boring tools. Mm-hmm. So when you can't see a face on either side mm-hmm. and you're waiting for the metrics to show up after the fact. It gives some people some pause to a either attempt a webinar or b do I want to like is it working to your mm-hmm. point right? right is it working you don't get real time feedback and so we had to change our strategy on the engagement side to say we're going to make sure we do things in our webinars that make sure they're getting engagement so we know not at the end of the webinar but in that those checkpoints in the first 10 minutes, right? At the midpoint, at the end, like there's checkpoints I think you can set up Mm -hmm. from a content perspective to really set you up to be successful. Right. So what are the elements of a webinar that really make sure that it works? Well, the first thing we have to think about, I believe is as marketers and as business folks, we love data. We love metrics. We love measuring, you know, did it work? And I think we have misaligned what the true measurement of a webinar success is by only looking at how many people showed up and how many people, how many people registered and then how many people showed up. Mm -hmm. And so while that does matter, if you think, again, the modern webinar tool at the very end is going to create a video Mm -hmm. and it's going to be able to record your screen and all the audio and it's going to kick out an MP4 typical file and then you're going to be able to do something with that MP4 file. And that's what we started focusing on was the success of this webinar is not just the live event. Mm-hmm. A, you should be doing replays, allowing people to come see it. Mm-hmm. When I Deb, when I went to go to webinar last month and sat down with their team, I was talking to them about what how important replays are. And their data shows that over 20% of people sign up for the webinar only for the replay. I'm, I'm one of those. Right, right. So Mm -hmm. don't, don't feel like that's a negative. That's actually a positive because you're still getting your message in there. And again, the modern replay tools can also give you a lot of the interactivity you want. Mm -hmm. And then secondarily, you didn't need to take that MP4 or that video file and say, what else could I do with this? Mm -hmm. I've worked so hard to create content. So compare and contrast, I guess, Deb, to when a marketing team creates a white paper. Mm -hmm. We don't measure the white paper success on day one launch and say, well, only 12 people downloaded it in the first week. It's not Mm -hmm. over. It should have a shelf life. And so Mm -hmm. we built that content strategy to say a successful webinar is going to look at registrations, attendees, replays, and how many people will consume that content in all the different ways we repurpose it. Mm -hmm. And that way, one content exercise of creating the webinar becomes for most of our clients more than 10 pieces of content right because you have the replay and then you can transcribe it and write blog posts and so i think that's a real important measurement now of the modern webinar success mm-hmm. has to be more than the live event right yeah because uh, how many really do the live event unless it is a name that and you know it's only going to be live you know so say it's a tony robbins or a richard mm-hmm. branson or somebody like that where you know there's not going to be a replay you're only going to get that the live opportunity and you know obviously they're probably not going to do that because they realize that you know all of the other things tie into it also and and you know and, and so it's not a big deal if only say five people are are listening live it's it's you know everything you do after and and i love that concept of how you can repurpose it to do so many other things. It's a really important part because then you're not just, I mean, you're not going to spend all that time. I mean, thinking about, I want to create this and it's a one-time shot. Oh my gosh, I hope it works because Mm -hmm. 
this episode we're recording right now is going to have a long shelf life. Mm -hmm. And I expect, as I've been on other podcasts, two years from now, someone's going to email me right. out of the blue and go, mm -hmm. I just listened to your episode with Deb. That was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Can you help me understand ABC? Like, I still get those. Oh, yeah. been a long time ago. So mm -hmm. webinars should be the same way. But the mindset, again, having endured the bad ones and the mm -hmm. salesy ones, we've dismissed webinars. And for marketers, historically, it's been a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Right, creating the PowerPoint is one thing, but then sitting, writing the emails and building the landing pages and registration, that takes a lot of work. And that's why we decided to tackle that problem and say, there's an engagement issue, there is an issue of longevity and measurement of success, and there's also the issue of how much work the marketer has to create something of value mm -hmm both to the attendee, the person consuming the content, and the company. Right. You know, and there is a skill to giving a webinar, just as there's a skill to being a public speaker and, and you know, doing some other things. And, and again, you know, that's one of the things that we've all seen is somebody that is not a good speaker gives a webinar and, you mm. know, all of those various things. So it's, People shouldn't just now all of a sudden think, oh, gosh, I can go do a webinar. It is <laughs> a skill. I mean, you have to plan it out. You have, you know, all of these various things that go into it. There, there's one key interesting change that happened in our kind of webinar journey now that we've gone full. Again, I keep telling people we're all the way down the rabbit hole. We can't come back like we're uh -huh. going too far. So, Deb, I was in Nashville, Tennessee on site with a client and the CEO who is incredibly brilliant and in his own right, I would say a, a pretty good public speaker mm -hmm. and he knew his content so well, but when it came to the webinar, he had a little bit of stage fright around getting it perfect. Mm -hmm. And he actually asked, could we do the recorded thing? And I said, man, you don't, I'll do the recorded thing, but we're not going to fake it. Like right. there's no good. So we're not going to no go back point. and edit out the ums and the ahs. And, no. the, mm -hmm. and, and we're not going to act like there's 300 people attending when there's 30. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're just, we don't need to do that, but right. we could. I said, what if we did this? What if we had a host and you use that host as a safety net? And if you uh -huh. get caught up and you lose your train of thought, mm -hmm. And that way you don't have to hold the audience's attention because I'd been giving him instruction on our formula to say, hey, you need to do like the housekeeping initially and welcome everyone and tell them how the poll works and give them an overview of what we're going to cover and then the bio and then before you ever get into content. And so he was a little worried about covering all those bases, even though we had an outline for him. Mm -hmm. And so that shifted the model for us on the content and engagement side, Deb, because now we never do solo webinars. Solo like webinars that. are terrible. Mm -hmm. And I told him the story, and it made sense. Because my, I'm the son of a minister. My dad's retired now. But whether you go to church or not, I think you can understand the analogy. Imagine you walked into, I don't care if it's church or a conference or whatever, mm -hmm. and the speaker, the presenter, greeted you at the door. Mm hmm and in the church, you know, example, my dad, imagine if my dad then walked on, you know, on behind the pulpit and made the announcements, mm -hmm. then sang a song, then said a prayer right. and asked for your money. And all like if he did every single thing, A, you'd be sick and tired of hearing one person's voice mm -hmm. and B, you'd find it odd that why isn't there a group effort here? Right. But on webinars, we left that to somehow in the past to say, no matter how good you are, you have to carry the audience's interest. Mm -hmm for 45 plus minutes and you're not going to show your face and you're not going to know if it's working and yet just go try. And that's when he said, I don't think I'm going to be great at this. And so we shifted it and said, great, let's divvy up the outline. Mm -hmm. I'll sub in as your host. Luckily, I didn't want to do that because I didn't know the intricacies of his business. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, I'll sub in as your host or your head of sales ended up doing it. And, and he will do these parts and she will do the other parts and we'll go back and forth. I love and that. And that cadence of passing it back and forth mm -hmm. has now driven our engagement numbers way up and it's enabled the thought leader because we want to make the presenter be the thought leader just like you would be behind a lectern at a conference. Mm -hmm. You want to put them up on the throne 
and let he or he be as great as they should be, but it's hard to keep that high position of thought leadership when you're down here talking about <laughs> how the poll works mm-hmm. and how long we're going to be talking. And, and most importantly, Deb, you've probably seen this too. What it, I, I don't want to read my own bio. I don't need to be patting myself. Yeah. Hi, I'm right? Deb Greer and I've done, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It makes me mm-hmm. feel terrible. But webinars, you do need to establish credibility for right. the audience, but it doesn't need to come out of your mouth. So mm-hmm. the host and presenter model has transformed the engagement and the comfort level of the presenter to take that weight of carrying the whole audience for the whole time off mm-hmm. their shoulders. Right. You know, and, and as you said, the, the engagement goes up because just mentally, when we are listening, when a different person speaks, you do tend to, oh, Oh, there's something new. <laughs> you yes. know? And, you know, and, and so I love the, the host concept. Now, can it also work with, you know, the, like an interview format? So, you know, you've got a, you, the person interviewing the expert about the, the subject matter. That's it. Like I, and, and if you think about most organizations, someone inside the organization doesn't always have to be the, the, the highest executive mm-hmm. has that industry knowledge, that product knowledge, that pain point for the customer knowledge, and that person can convey that. Now, I've also, Deb, been on some highly technical, even scientific webinars Mm -hmm. where we've had to juggle that, and we went with a three-person webinar. There's a host, a almost like a technical thought leader. And then an interpreter. And and so (laughs) – There's a dance there that, again, for certain audiences, you just need to be cognizant that we've seen where this person was in, again, they're in the brilliant category. They had crazy interesting knowledge, but their knowledge, they almost uh, arguably has the, have the curse of knowledge where they can't convey it always in a way that the, in this case, the prospect was Mm -hmm. a company, the the prospect could understand. So we inserted another person. So it could be a two or three person webinar, but the solo webinar, in our opinion, is dead. We're not going back. I love that concept because yeah, that even as the person giving the webinar, I mean, it it gets boring, you know, and it doesn't matter how, if, you know, how much we love what we're doing, how much we love what we're talking about. Again, just sitting here going yummy, 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 yummy for (laughs) 10 minutes, an hour, you know, whatever it is, we get tired of hearing ourselves speak. So, you know, then our, voice level drops. I mean, all these various things. And so I, I, oh my gosh, I might start doing webinars again. I love this concept. There's a, there's a lot of these things. Again, when we broke down the challenges, like you're nailing it. Like it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to know it's working, Mm -hmm. right? You're not getting the feedback loop is dead because you're, you're just talking to a screen and your stuffed animals. Like that's it. Like you have no other feedback. And so that the other piece I think we need to make sure people understand is host and thought leader combo makes a big difference. But mm-hmm. the other thing that makes a difference is when you talked about, you hear a different voice. It's also a matter of the, I think the pattern interruption, mm-hmm. you also have to interrupt the pattern of a person talking. Right. And we do that by polls. Mm. And now we're getting more than 60% of attendees Okay. We'll fill out the poll. Mm-hmm. And there's two types of polls I'd like to tell you about. The right. first poll comes in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, Deb, you're the thought leader. You're up on your rightful throne. Mm-hmm. I'm the host. And I'm going to introduce you. I'm going to read your bio. You're not going to have to. And I'm going to do the housekeeping items. And I'm going to tell them what the big takeaway is going to be so they know they want to stay and pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to give them a soft, what I would call a softball poll, a poll that anyone can answer. They don't have to think about it, but I've seen, you know, when you build a certain model, it's fun to see how people will take it and make it even better. So we mm-hmm. have a client that, that really did a gotcha softball poll, which was, do you think you need more candidates? He's in the applicant tracking hiring space, HR mm-hmm. space. He said, the poll was, do you think you need more candidates to secure the best candidate fit for your job? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the poll option answers were, yes, no, is the Pope Catholic. And <laughs> so you, you made sure they were paying attention. They did. And so like everybody pushes the button, everybody laughs, right? And mm-hmm. they could, yes, and Pope. And 
what the interesting part, what these guys did was it was a gotcha question because it was like, that's actually not always the case. Right. It's actually your screening methods. And that's why we're going to cover this topic. Mm -hmm. Beautiful segue. But now you've got them on the tip of their seats, right? Going, hold on. Like, I didn't think that was the case, but I've seen the same thing happen with a softball question that's very straightforward. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two is at the end of the, after the end of the content piece, the thought leader will hand it back to the host Mm -hmm. and the host will say, thank you so much, Deb. You're the thought leader. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Deb, for teaching us all those things. I'd like to gauge every, again, checking interest (laughs) and for salespeople, this is critical you're going to ask a question of, I'd like to gauge where everyone's interest is now that we've learned all this from Deb. Mm-hmm. And you say, now that you've learned this, throw up the poll, what is your next action step? And the answers will gauge their interest in your company and or solution and mm-hmm. the topic. So it'll be things like, this is very interesting. I need to do some more research. That's mm-hmm. not a warm lead. Salespeople no. do not really want to call that person tomorrow. Right. The other one is, I really like this. I need to hand it off to someone else in the organization. Great. Mm-hmm. Not the decision maker, but we know they're a le- mm-hmm. it's a lead. But the other answer would be something along the lines of, I'm so glad I learned this. I need to know next steps. Right. Now, that button's not pushed that often, but for marketers, where else could you get the measurement of someone's intent and interest. And by doing something simple like wording a poll Mm -hmm. and its answers that way, that gives us the segmentation that salespeople do want to follow up with. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. It's when they answer that, they want to call now or an email yes. now. They, they want contact now. And and what people need to understand is you might get one in 10 or one in 100 or, you know, something like that. So it's it's not, you know, don't panic if, you know, you only get a handful because not everybody's interested. You know, you just mentioned some reasons why. It's not, you know, they're not the decision maker. They're not at that point yet. All those various things. And so then, of course, it comes back to what we were saying before with the sales and marketing. You know, those salespeople had better be able and willing to jump right on that. You know, it's not, okay, well, next week I'll contact them. <laughs> and if you're the person that's wearing both hats, you know, then, yeah. then yes, you have to contact those people and say, what do we need to do? That's it. And so the poll, not only did it now disrupt that pattern of one person talking, you have something else on the screen that's not PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. And so you put in the polls and you're gathering information, which in this case is measuring the, you know, the, the, the strength of the lead. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing, some people don't, you know, again, human beings do interesting, unique things. Not everybody likes that method. I don't want to gauge the interest of the lead. Okay. I just, I I, I don't agree with it, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. So we came up with a second method. The second method is, what of these items we covered today was of most interest to your organization? Mm-hmm. And that way, again, the salesperson can say, oh, they're interested in document management or they're interested in solution C we have. Mm-hmm. And by offering those methods, you can then also, again, we want to measure the intent. Then you mm-hmm. can say, well, I know what, as a salesperson, I know what they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to come in with my, you know, blueprint sales pitch when I know this person has this problem. Mm-hmm. And that's been a, a, a real big help when gaining the trust because that, again, marketing and sales don't always trust each other. But now a marketer is saying, sales rep, here it is. Like, here's what the person said they wanted. Here's what they cared about. Here's the right. measurement of the, that's something salespeople say, yes, could you do three more of those? Mm-hmm. That's what we're seeing today is they're turning around saying to marketing, can you just do more of those? Right. Because they're seeing the high intent leads. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let's, let's talk about logistics, tech, something like that, you know, because mm-hmm. the, the, the thing that people that, you know, I'm sure you hear a lot of, and, and I hear is, but it's hard and I don't have the right equipment. I don't even know what software to use. I get the right wine there. So, <laughs> so let's, you know, I, we're using a product called Zoom to record mm-hmm. this, this program. Um, you know, there's, there's certainly lots of, of things out there and, and people, you know, they're, they're going to get their favorites, but 
kind of talk us through a little bit of, you know, for the people that are especially going, I don't even know where to start. Um, you know, what, what are some of the basics? I think from a tool perspective, the keys are, are frankly not too different first than podcasting. Right. You're, you need to have a good microphone, mm -hmm. but if you're not going to use the microphone, if you use the webinar tools like GoToWebinar or Zoom, those are the top two in my camp, I would say. Um, if you're going to use one of those two, you can dial in through your phone. Mm -hmm. Just please don't use your cell phone and put it on speakerphone. Right. My point being, you need good quality audio. Mm -hmm. So yeah, your, a great way to lose Your visuals can be shaky, but if they can't hear you, they're gone. Oh, they're gone. And, and likewise, on that very note, there are 24 plus webinar tools we've tested. Mm -hmm. Go to webinar and Zoom, work at a higher rate than all the others arguably combined. There's also a ridiculously expensive tool called On24. If you've got the budget, that's fine. Go for it. Mm -hmm. It's tens of thousands of dollars a year. That's fine. But most people, let's just say, will not be interested in that. Right. So go to webinar and Zoom are our go-tos, no pun intended. Um, but the technology there is if you can get, they've kind of got it, you know, webinar in a box. Mm -hmm. So if you, you bring your webinar content they're going to share the screen. You're going to be able to dial in from your phone or mm -hmm. using a mic for the computer audio. And that will allow you to get 99% of what you need. Mm -hmm. Now, there's all these other plugins and extras you can go to. But if you want to get started or you really just want to optimize what you've been doing, those two tools have out of the box exactly what you need. The other things I just tell people are I've been I've had clients where They've literally had to make, you're going to need good internet. Right. That's the other key part. So they'll, they'll do things like, oh, they'll talk to IT if they, if you have IT and say, well, I'm going to need to segment this or smaller companies will, they'll tell people like, okay, like you can't use the internet. We're going to turn it off for you for an hour while we do this because we have to have, again, if you're using the, the microphone like I am right now, mm -hmm. if we have bad internet, my voice is going to not come through. Right. So that's the core things you're going to need. It's going to, they're going to really just record your screen, whatever's there. So mm -hmm. most people use PowerPoint or keynote, um, to, you know, present information, but you don't have to, you could use whatever you want, but that's the common ways people are doing it today. Right. You know, and we're not, you know, talking a ton of money. I mean, I, I subscribe to zoom because mm -hmm. I can have more participants and longer presentations, um, you know, but there are free versions. So, you know, I always tell people, try the free first just to, to mm -hmm. see it, your equipment, it, you know, as you mentioned, really is critical because, you know, I, now granted, I have a little bit higher end equipment, but my microphone was less than a hundred dollars. Now I do have mm -hmm. that fancy little pop filter, you know, that looks like a piece <laughs> of nylon hose uh, that, that keeps it from, you know, too many pop, pop, and S's <laughs> sounding funny. Um, yep. And then I do a headset. But, you know, for people who, you know, want to do it a little bit more inexpensively, a, a gaming headset and microphone actually works really pretty well. Um, you know, and, and, and I like having headphones on because then I don't get an echo and, and you know, some things like that. And, you know, and as you said, you, you absolutely have to have a fantastic internet connection, um, you know, because if they can't see or hear you, then truly you have lost them. Um, but, you know, it's, and so we're, we're not talking tons of money here, folks. And so you can figure some of these things out. I can't say it enough. Do not use the microphone that is attached to your camera or to your, your computer. No. You know, you will no. sound like you're talking in a barrel. Um, and I don't <laughs> care how much you paid for that stuff. That's it's right. Just, that's not what it's there for. You know, it's, it's there for your Skype calls and, you know, all of those things like that. And that's okay. But, when you're really, if you're, hello, if you're trying to sell something, you want people to be able to hear, hear you. That's it. I, I don't, I'm glad you said that. The, the other minor things I would tell you is that I've seen people use boardrooms mm -hmm. that, and that's fine. And they will use, you know, the typical, um, you know, that Star Trek looking uh, conference call phone right. that everybody mm -hmm. seems to have. Uh -huh. and, that, and that's pretty good. The only difference is we can't sit four feet away from each other and yell into the Star mm -hmm. Trek phone. We have to huddle around it. So mm -hmm. um, that's one thing. Um, the second thing is the acoustics do matter. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I, I've seen a client where they had hardwood floors, beautiful office, gorgeous conference room, and terrible for audio. 
where that sounds bouncing. They have 20 foot ceilings, Mm -hmm. beautiful glass conference room. Mm -hmm. And that sound bounced six ways to Sunday Mm -hmm. as we recorded it. And luckily, you know, with all of our clients, again, because we're not in presentation mode, we view the webinar because you have multiple parties. This is a performance. Mm -hmm. We have a script, not down to the word, but we have cadence of content and Mm -hmm. who's going to go first and second. And so we rehearse and it was very easy to see like, Hey, let's replay that for you. And you immediately are going to hear like, this is not good and you can adjust. So rehearse your content in advance, not just for comfort sake, but for audio quality. And I've also found where we had internet challenges Mm -hmm. where we said, ah, we're getting a little breakup. What can we do? And typically it can solve that with an ethernet cable or something else. But that's something that really, really matters. But I'm so glad you mentioned it because I almost forgot it because it's such a far-fetched idea for me, but it's a good thing to remind everybody is the built-in, the built-in microphone on almost every device is not a good idea. Right. It's just not. Like mm-hmm. you're going to need some headphone, some microphone, external, never the actual computer or mm-hmm. an iPad, et cetera. Right. Yeah. And, and the other thing that you mentioned that we absolutely cannot say enough is rehearse. You know, maybe you don't rehearse the entire presentation, but, you know, but, you know, some people just, they, you know, they like winging it or whatever. I don't recommend that, <laughs> but, um, you know, make sure that you sound good, that your tech is good. Um, you know, even if you're just, you know, the, the other participant is somebody down the hall make sure that that you know that that you can hear that and and test the other things you know i i love doing uh the my my radio program because a lot of people have that i interview are small business owners that are home based so we get some mm-hmm. of the funniest things every once in a while you know there have been times where an ambulance has driven by um oh, i yeah. had a guy one time who i was interviewing who had absolutely fabulous content but i could not hear him And I could hear this noise. And I finally said, I'm sorry, what is that noise? And he said, oh, I'm sitting on my deck and my neighbor's cutting wood with his chainsaw. And I said, (laughs) okay, move in the house. Yeah. Um, You know, he couldn't hear that. I mean, you know, and and so he he kind of assumed I couldn't hear it. Um, You know, dogs, cats, kids, turn your phones off, all those various things that are just kind of, you know, you and I look at it and go, oh yeah, whatever. But I mean, there are times where I will start one of these and I've forgotten to turn off my phone. And, you know, my phone won't ring for a day until I'm recording a program. Um, Yeah, I I think that's really important. I I think the other thing to think about is we put a sign, think again in the radio world, right? Or TV, um, when you come from the media world, like we put a sign on the outside of the door that says recording in progress. Mm Right. You don't have to have the red flashing lights, mm-hmm. but if you just print off a piece of paper and write, or write it even and mm-hmm. put it on the outside of the door, like I'm in right now inside of a room where there's a sign on the outside of my door. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I tell people like tackle someone if they try to come in, mm-hmm. like, please right. don't let the them building in. Building it better be burning down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Then, then you can come get me. Otherwise, like, please just, just you can wait a little bit. Right. Um, but that's a great point. You do need to clean up any of that basic outside noise, be it acoustics or whatever, and you do want to have good audio quality. I think that actually trumps um, most things you're going to need for the Mm -hmm. webinar are going to be everyone I'm just saying for table stakes probably has a version of PowerPoint or Keynote or Google Slides they can get to. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of that, you're going to definitely need good audio and then go to webinar and Zoom will give you the rest of the technology you need to do whatever it is you want at an intermediate up to a, you know, a beginner to advanced level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's some silly housekeeping things that I tell people that are going to be podcast guests. Go to the bathroom, <laughs> which I mean, sounds <laughs> fine, but if you're sitting here talking for 45 oh. minutes or whatever, you don't stop and think about that. Have something to drink, have cough drops, put the yes. cat somewhere else. I mean, all these yes. things. Now it is kind of funny on occasion that there are interruptions. Um, but uh, you know, th- that does bring me to my next question is free or fee. You know, if, if I haven't paid somebody for it, then if it's, you know, if the cat meows or the phone rings, I'm like, okay, whatever. If I've paid for it, it, it better be, you know, quality. But what mm-hmm. are your thoughts on, on fee or free and then, you know, kind of, and obviously it depends on content and all those various things as to how much you charge. But what do you think about that? I 
I think you, I defer to free. Okay. I think there are special cases for people. But again, if you come back from, I, I guess where we kind of began our conversation, when you, when you start with, there are still people creating webinars that are salesy, fake live, they are boring. And you and I, I'm trying to overcome those hurdles first. Mm-hmm. I think once you get into a rhythm of creating a good, powerful, engaged webinar with segmentation, then you can look to the fee. Mm-hmm. Now, I also agree. Like, I, I think if you did, I think a fee structure could be interesting if you say, um, and I've seen some people do this successfully, is I'm going to create a series and mm. you buy into a series of educational okay. pieces of webinar and the series is X. I think that's a better idea because like you said, I've paid for a webinar before, a solo webinar, and I asked for a refund because they promised the moon. Mm-hmm. And when I got on there, we were far from the moon, matter mm-hmm. of fact. And I said, there's the, the things you said you were going to do when they say things like, we're going to give you the ninja tricks we've never revealed before. And I made the comment on emails like, man, I don't like to be the person that asks for refunds. I hate it actually. Right. Mm-hmm. But you overpromised, and I feel bad because it wasn't a ton of money, but I feel ripped off. Mm-hmm. And so I would argue before you think about fee, you better get your free model figured out where you say, okay, got good audio, got good systems. It's generating quality leads. Mm-hmm. I'm segmenting them. I've got the host and all those pieces of the puzzle we think are valuable. If you can get that model right, then you can look to the fee model. But the old adage of, right, you need to you know crawl before you walk, walk before you run. I would say fee is getting towards the run area mm-hmm. and most people aren't ready. Right. Well, and one of the things we mentioned was repurposing it. And so mm-hmm. if you're going to be chunking it up into, you know, other things or, you know, as you mentioned, transcribing it, all these various things. It's really hard to have charged a fee and, and then people are like, well, you know, I'll just wait and get it later, um, you know, and, and so and that's one of the things to really think about. Um, the other big question that people are always wondering is how long, you know, is, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, again, it depends on what you're talking about, but what's kind of your rule of thumb for length? So I think length is actually tied to, a specific content variable that you can create. And that's what we do. Um, Again, when you go with into a webinar, knowing I want this to have a long shelf life, Mm -hmm. we structure our content around three to five primary points. We don't go less than three. We don't go more than five. Okay. And for each of those points, you're going to have 10 to 15 minutes. Now I will say we cap, our webinars at an hour. Okay. I think it's super hard to hold attention. So mm-hmm. really you're going to go 30 to 60 minutes, but loosely, if you think about how many main points do I want to make, I'm going to spend 10 to 15 minutes on each of those. Mm-hmm. I think that's a healthy barometer, arguably closer to 10 minutes should be the, the barometer. And then the other piece is that also gives you something that as humans, we've been programmed to do and marketers, of course, have, have arguably ruined and, made this super popular is BuzzFeed now made the world that what they call the listicle, the list article model, the top 72 ways to do X. Right. And then marketers jump in and try to top each other and go, well, I'm going to do the same blog post, but I'm going to write the top 78 ways. Mm -hmm. And then that gets trumped. And so we try to use that model because people actually like it. And we've tested it to see that people will sign up and engage more through content on the front end. If you have, Top three ways. Now, here's the key part, though. It needs to be about avoiding pain, not obtaining or getting gain. Right. Like people will sign up. They will do way more work to not lose something Mm -hmm. or to avoid the pain than they will to gain something. And so when you start thinking about your content, the hook needs to be a big part of that. So we use the model of top three mistakes, top three things great marketers are doing that you're not. Mm-hmm. Things like that are great titles, but it also gives you an easy to follow content structure to not only create, but later chop into all those repurposed pieces. Right. So that makes a big difference to get you to the 30 to 60 minute range. All of it ties together. Perfect. 
Well, now I'm sure we still have people going, but it sounds hard. <laughs> and that's what you have done with Webinar Works is created something that people can use. So tell us more about that. Sure. We so we've created this Webinar Works model to to really handle it. And Deb, I really appreciate the way you've covered this topic because we you've really helped explain, I think, a lot of the issues marketers and non-marketers have webinars because we've all attended a webinar probably and had a negative experience. Mm -hmm. But what we've decided to do is we were doing these really just as a service to our clients. And then as you, you read earlier, HubSpot discovered what we were doing because a lot of our clients are using their tool. And mm -hmm. they said, what are you guys doing over there? There's something strange happening at MoneyPath. What are you doing? Right. And I was like, oh, we're trying to, you know, you know us. We're trying to marry marketing and sales. And it's high intent leads. Mm -hmm. And then they introduced us to go to webinar. And the go webinar people said, wow, like you're having great results. And so that has really propelled us and pushed us towards creating this system called Webinar Works which is, again, it came out of pure necessity of helping clients mm -hmm. in 17 different industries. Now we've tested it to see, like, how can we give you the blueprint from what should my title be? How long should the webinar be? What should my content structure be? Todd, I don't know what a host should do. What should a host do? When should a host talk? All those questions we've bundled together in a training system and then added in some tools to make it dead simple to create even the PowerPoint mm -hmm. where you can fill out a web form and it will kick out the PowerPoint in our content template for you. Cool. You can add your colors and your branding. And so I wanted to reduce those barriers we have because it can be a lot of work mm -hmm. and, we, and it can fall flat if you don't use a process that's already proven. And so we bundled that together. It became Webinar Works. I love it. You know, and I, I I love that you have, like you said, the templates, you know, because how many times have we seen, whether it's a, a, a live presentation or a webinar, the person who puts their entire presentation on one slide. <laughs> you know, yes. Somewhere years ago, I had a college professor that said no more than 17 words on a slide. I don't know where 17 came from, but that, and, you know, and, and so the fact that, that you can kind of help people through this process, I, I love that. Yeah, I think it's critical. Your professor was right. We don't follow it to the 17 word number exactly, but I I believe people consume bullet points a lot better than they consume prose. Mm -hmm. And so we will not put things in paragraphs. You can you as a presenter can say all those things. Right. You can have those in your notes. Mm -hmm. But from a presentation standpoint, again, we want to just give you healthy guardrails like that right there, Deb, mm -hmm. to say, here's what a great slide looks like. And if you use our tool, it will just create it for you. Now, you can go edit it to your comfort level, mm -hmm. but it'll give you a great starting point to know that, wow, I didn't realize I've been putting 17 bullet points in eight-point font right. that no one can read. Mm -hmm. Our system won't allow you to do that. You can change it later if you want, but I think giving you healthy guardrails and good email templates. Mm -hmm. We need to invite people to come in and right. to register and watch the replay. And I think all those things are super helpful to people and it's what we've been trying to do. Mm -hmm. you know, and again, it's marrying marketing and sales. And, and I love that because you know, a good webinar, I mean, we've seen those too. You know, we laugh about the fact that we've seen bad webinars, but we have seen good webinars. Hopefully, let's hope everybody's seen a good one. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is something that you can use to, to at least get hot leads, to, you know, add people to your email list, all these various things, and more importantly, educate people. I mean, you know, I think that's one of the things that people forget is you can use a webinar to share your knowledge, you know, and, and I think that's a great way to use them. I agree. I think that is the that should be your intent to mm -hmm. why I create a webinar is that I know that I have great information and I need to share it with my audience and with my prospects. Mm -hmm. And if you've proven and salespeople, I think this is what their most of their jobs are is educating the the prospect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a webinar can do. And and that's marketing assisting in that sales role is it is going to be about education and it can also be a great re-engagement campaign. Most of us have talked to people who are interested in us even a year or two beyond, mm -hmm. but we have their information laying around and maybe we send them an email newsletter. A webinar is a great way to re-engage those right. old prospects that have gone cold on you. Perfect. 
Well, Todd, we've only got about a minute left. So what would you like to leave our listeners with? I, I've, I've built a special page just for your audience Perfect. Uh, because this has been awesome, Deb, and I, I really, really thank you so much. Um, people can go find out about us on your specific page at webinarworks.io because this is kind of the scientific approach to how this works, not .com, webinarworks.io slash business power hour. So if you go to that page, you can get all kinds of resources. You can find out kind of if you were to do a webinar, how you would stack up against the models that work, all kinds of great free resources. I love it. Well, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. They can find me as my last name, Earwood, E-A-R-W-O-O-D, on virtually any social channel there is. So please do reach out. You can also find us at Webinar Works across all of the social media channels. I love it. Well, Todd, I can't wait to actually put all of this into motion and start doing webinars again because, you know, I have so much knowledge that I have to share with people. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, it's, it's you know, you have shared some absolutely fantastic tips. And, and so I can't wait to have you on again. I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Todd Earwood. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.